Welcome, welcome to the debut episode of Dreams of Mr. Sandman. This is going to be very organic, very grassroots. This is the first episode. There isn't a whole bunch of big time mics and big studios set up for someone like me. Been dealing with a lot this morning, just dealing with legal, financial situations. For those that know from my preview, on what I'll be talking about in regards to my first episode and just in general on my social media pages. You guys know that I'm dealing with a a messy breakup with my former employer. Um, yeah, basically the first episode is just going to deal with, um, you could say, the tragic comedy of employment in North America. Um, just basically becoming unplugged from the system that we were brought up as child or kids, excuse me, to believe in, you know? You think that um, you come to work every day, you work, you do a good job, you're on time, you leave, oh, no problems, that you'll be guaranteed some kind of pension or retirement, right? Now, that might be something that's, achievable for our European counterparts that are born in this country, but it's pretty obvious. And I'm speaking from a place, excuse me, where I'm a born and raised Canadian from the streets of downtown Toronto, born at Women's College Hospital, but slapped by a white woman in 1977. So I'm not speaking from a immigrant state of view or point of view. I'm speaking from a Canadian point of view, more a minority Canadian point of view, where doing the right thing inside the employment sector rarely works for us. You see it in all institutions of our society in Canada, whether it's um, federal black MPs launching a, a civil action lawsuit against the government of Canada for institutional racism or black RCMP members basically shouting for inquiry into systemic racism in the RCMP, which we already knew existed in all police forces. but. It turned out that systemic racism thrives inside the RCMP, like in every institution, excuse me, whether it's Team Canada Hockey, whether it's employment sector, whether it's banks, real estate, whatever. It, ex it exists, and it's glaringly obvious that it's in front of our face. But the most difficult thing to accept is the simple fact that we're expected to take it and be grateful that we're even able to get a job even though we're in a country that prides itself on diversity. I mean, you know, I rather the devil that I know, right? When you look at the United States of America, we always want to talk crap about them, but I give them props. They let you know where you stand right off the rip. You know what I mean? It's so blatant, at least the government down there basically made affirmative action, which I was against when I was younger, I was believing, yo, you should be hired on the merits of your value in regards to the company more than your skin color. But now I see why the government of the United States did that. They didn't want to deal with reparations right off the rip. So they're like, the bare minimum the African-American should get is an opportunity to work and be a slave. 
here in Canada, we haven't been afforded that kind of luxury of knowing that we put out our resume and being qualified that we will be looked at where it's like, okay, let's get our little quota for the black employers so we don't look racist. Out here in Canada, employers feel like they can do whatever they want to us and the system will allow it. And a lot of it is true, you know, unless our people know their rights and have the wherewithal, the financial means and the mental strength to deal with the Human Rights Tribunal or the Labor Board in regards to taking these employers to task. We just let it slide. And nowadays, I see why. We have so much different things going on in our lives. We got to pay bills. We got family issues, you know, societal issues. There's so much different stressors where it's like, do I really want to take on, you know, hiring a lawyer and doing all this due diligence and work just to make sure to have my I's dotted and my T's crossed so I can launch a case against my former employer? Which leads me to the point where I'm coming now, where being fired at 45 years old at the peak of my career has put a shock in my system that I've never felt in my life. As my shows go on, I will be more transparent about my background and where I come from. And there's been certain events in my life that have caused me to become who I am today. And what happened to me on December 30th is another jolt to the system where I can honestly say, um, I can't see myself working for another employer. And if I do work for another employer in the near future, man, man, I just got to accept the fact that I'm not going to be there long term. And I will just have a job to help facilitate taking care of my financial responsibilities, like investing into my stocks and bonds and doing those things. But for me, I can have I'm going to have to sit here and say I can never feel secure and safe in my job. Even if I'm showing up every day and I'm excelling in my position, I am now knowing that a black man has to stay in the box that's set to him by its employer. Because if we don't, then we're going to be a threat to their status quo. And that's when we end up getting fired for no reason, you know, And at the stage of my life where I'm supposed to be worrying about retirement, you know, and RFP contributions and pensions, I'm out here trying to either A, reinvent myself or B, find another job just to like bury myself into and just try to get by and accept the fact that I can't push for better. I just got to stay within the confines that my employer sets for me. And with that being said, it's just like, what's the point of even being in this rat race anymore in regards to showing up every day and going to work? Because the employer versus employee dynamic is so drastically different. It's like the employer looks at us like how our government looks at us. We ain't nothing to them. I want to curse, but I'm just going to try to keep it PG for now until I get my um, channel set up where I can really get into things on Patreon and things like that. But um, we are nothing to our employers. You know, during the hiring process, they'll promise us the world and, you know, green pastures and all that. And for the most part, we know it's never like that. And we also know politics exist in every workplace. But it's how they look at us. We're a commodity. We're not human beings to our employers. We are a commodity to our employer. And on a bigger scale, we are a commodity to our government. On a grander scale, we're a commodity to corporations and to banks. We're just a commodity. 
once we don't have no use, we'll be replaced. You know what I'm saying? Gone are the days where, you know, you might be able to be able to build a, a relationship with your employer where they can look at you and say, wow, you're someone that can help, <clears throat> help, excuse me, our bottom line. And you're someone we'd like to keep around for a long period. Like, welcome to the family. That doesn't exist. Um, employers nowadays more look over for their turnover rates to keep their operating costs low. So if you're a high paid tradesperson like myself, or if you're in a position where you've been there for a few years and you kind of maxed out where you're going to be for their pace, their pay wage, then you become a liability to them. And then they'll do whatever they have to do to try to get rid of you. And in my case, I honestly believe they probably planted certain people around me that purposely will, excuse me, F the dog just to get under my skin because I'm there busting my button and picking up the slack for these other people are just sitting there on their phones, literally on the floor with no care in the world. I used to sit there and say, how could these people feel so comfortable having their phones out on dating sites and kicking their feet up when we're supposed to be working? And then it dawned upon me, my supervisor and them will walk by and not say nothing to them. But if I go to the water cooler just to get some water because I just spent three hours welding and finishing a task that takes the next person six hours, I get reprimanded. So in that example, I literally am just dirt. I'm literally just dirt. I'm supposed to be there to do my job, how I feel, whether I need water, whether my, my back is aching me or having spasms. That don't matter. Just do your job or you'll be replaced. If you complain about it, you'll be replaced. And in 2023 now, to be in a dynamic where the relationship between the employee and their employer is non-existent. There is no relationship. You're just a sign-in number or whatever it is they clock you in as on your job. It's a defeating feeling. And you, and I'm saying you, whoever's listening to me, you most likely have a job or have a career where you work for somebody else and you're making them rich. It's a effed up feeling to know that they don't have your best interests at heart. So it begs the question, why are you even staying loyal to them? I'm a perfect example. I have ripped up stress leave letters that my doctor specifically said, go and take a stress leave. And in hindsight, if I did, I would have protection. Because by law, if you go on a stress leave, your employer cannot terminate you after. It would legitimately have to be a legit, legit reason why they're terminating you after the government of Canada already knows that you've been on a stress leave from that employer. But this is the world that we live in, in regards to like the employer employee relationship. You would have to lie or really sink them. Benefit yourself to protect yourself. And then it is, why would you want to be part of that system? You as the worker that's listening to me, my people's new listeners, why do you go to work? You know what I'm saying? Like, why do you truly go to work? Because if it's just to maintain the bills, whatnot, whatever, then anytime you feel like an injustice is going on, you just go on and move to another job to maintain the bills. But there's a deeper reason why we feel committed to these employers where we will harm ourselves just to keep our jobs with these employers. It's the system that has indoctrinated us from elementary school where those who listen to the teachers and our teacher's pet get rewarded and those that ask questions get sent to special ed you understand 
So going through that whole employer relationship that I've experienced since I became a middle-class taxpayer over 15 years ago has led me to a position now where I know now I got to find my financial freedom. And finding financial freedom, especially in the minority community, is imperative because we're not taught in school the power of money and what our money can do for us, especially if you get into a situation where you're investing into compound interest or dividends and things like that. You know what I mean? That's what I'm starting to get into. If we were able to get into that, even when we're in the streets, for instance, and we're slanging and banging and all that money we're putting into the newest J's and latest gear and jewelry, if we took that money and bought stock in, let's say, Marvel, when Marvel was going bankrupt in the 90s, or we bought stock in Apple, when Apple was just trying to come back out in the late 90s when the internet boom was taking place, we would literally be legit millionaires right now. Like some of our counterparts that had the foresight or the generational knowledge to do those things. You know, I can kick myself now at 45 and say, damn, you know, I just found out this stuff this late. Like the train has already passed me, but I won't allow that, especially now knowing that Warren Buffett really didn't start getting paid and really making moves until he was 55. I'm mistaken and I got 10 years to get to where Warren Buffett was at at 55, where I can start getting my portfolio up and popping. So if anything came out of this situation of me being fired and me taking a negative and really making it a positive, it's really pushing me to find my financial independence from the government and from employers. I want to be part of this 1% and I'm going to do my best from here on in to become that. Again, even if I take another job, I'm not looking at that job as the begin all and end all. I'm looking at a job as as something that can help facilitate me contributing to my portfolios and my ventures that I eventually want to do. And I mean, with that being said, you know, I have written down a blueprint to my future and I hope you guys are still with me. You know, I mean, I hope I haven't you guys haven't tuned out yet. You know what I mean? Again, this is just me just coming off the top of my head and no bells and whistles. I'm not going to edit this neither. I just wanted to let you know how I'm doing today, January 3rd, 2023. My future, I want to be completely independent of what I've been taught that I needed to be dependent on, which is the government and employers. I want to be my employer. I am going to be my own employer I have the will and determination and the same way I applied myself to go out and get my journeyman certification in one year, even though it's a three year course, it's the same way I plan on becoming a digital content creator slash investor within the next two years, like legit, legit investing and having content out on the internet where you guys can pre me whenever you guys feel like pre me. And if everything works out through the grace of God, then I can go and stick my tentacles into like real estate, you know what I mean? Only business. But for any of that to be achieved, this is where you, the listener, are imperative. Without you guys, I don't have a shot. I'm not trying to sit here and make a GoFundMe account. I'm not going to sit here and ask individual people that I know that are up to invest in me here and there, give me a thousand dollars here, give me a thousand dollars there and then go from there. I'm not one to want to be in debt. I only have a thousand dollars on my credit card debt. That's all I want. I want to earn this, but for me to earn this, I need your guys support. So that means if it's only you, one person that's listening to me right now, I'm asking you 
just to spread the word, spread my link. You know what I mean? Letting me know someone that you know is going through a transitional period. If you know somebody that's going through what I'm going through, and that's a high probability you do, just put them onto my channel, you know? Support me, please. You know what I mean? I am nothing in this digital world without you guys helping me. You know what I mean? I've paid it forward. I'm not going to say no names, but I paid it forward, I guess, for a moment like this where I would be on one knee saying, I need help, y'all. And the help I need is just your ear. I just need your guys' ear. And when I put all content, that the least you guys would do is just check it out, like it. And if you really like it, just support it, man. You know, there's power in numbers, man. And there's things that you guys don't want to talk about, but you really are passionate about. Send me a DM on Instagram or text me. Let me know. And I will make it a topic on my, my channel. You know what I mean? I will talk about it. And when I get on a level and I have my Patreon, I will be uncut about it. You know what I mean? I'm not going to bite my tongue. And if you follow me on this journey, you will see that I'm 100% truthful, even though it's a detriment to my overall well-being. Those of you that know me and even know why I even went from the streets of Toronto to the industrialized world of Alberta, you know that being truthful is a hindrance of a brother. But at the end of the day, they say the truth should set you free. And it's the light. And in this dark world, we need so light. So let me be your light. You know what I mean? Support and follow the page. Support and follow the channel. Like I said before, I'm going to pump out content and I'll get better as I go. And if you've been listening to me this long, salute to you. You're a real one. And like I said, man, just give me constant feedback. Any feedback is good feedback. Negative feedback, constructive criticism is always good for me to hone my skills and get better. I want to thank you for listening with me today. And um, yeah. I'll be back very soon with another episode of Dreams with Mr. Sandman. Stay up. God bless.